Hello, friends, and welcome to the New Day Podcast, where we talk about life and what it's throwing at us and how we deal with it. I'm Ian, a learning development nerd here in Salt Lake City, Utah, who has a passion for communication technology and sharing what I find on my road to finding my zen. With me, as always, I'm Angela. I am a very busy mom slash grandma slash wife slash friend slash whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I've had many careers over the years, and I've learned something from each thing I've tried and done, and I love where my life is taking me right now. Last week, we started talking about self-image. Yeah. We've had some great responses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People are digging in. I call it doing the deep work. It is the deep work. It's tough Mm. to really examine yourself. It is. And have that honesty. Yeah, because there's sometimes you just don't want to see it in yourself and you don't want to admit to certain things. But you know what? Sometimes doing that is so freeing. There's things that we have to admit to in order to progress. Absolutely. You and I talked about things that we know about ourselves or have discovered about ourselves. We did. That made made us a little uncomfortable. Yeah, but I felt good afterwards. (laughs) But that's part of the journey. It is part of the journey. Something came up in that discussion and we're going to pivot just a little mm-hmm. bit off of that identity yep. discussion that we had, and we're, we're going to focus on a specific topic mm-hmm. of imposter syndrome. Yeah. You and I touched on it very... Vaguely. Very, very lightly. Yeah. And there's a lot of definitions oh, that yeah. revolve around this. There's oh, different sure. forms of it. Yep. You and I, as always, we, we end up always kind of crisscrossing on the same we do, topics and thing. research. That's a good thing. The term that I have heard the most, Mm -hmm. there's different spins on it. A lot of this research, self-imposter, self-imposter, imposter (laughs) syndrome, IS, Mm -hmm. the research for this really started back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was very focused initially on females, which to me was interesting that they focused just on one specific gender. Yeah, but as you delve into it, you can see why. Oh, very much so. Absolutely. The workforce and what I have watched female coworkers go through over the years, mm-hmm. the the compensation, mm-hmm. uh, overcompensation especially, right. that yeah. they have to engage in in order to be treated, quote unquote, fairly. And, and as an equal. It, it's infuriating for me to see it. Yeah, and it's infuriating as someone who's experienced it. Oh, yeah. I actually had someone, he was a gentleman I worked with, he said to me one day, he said, well, the only reason you're getting that promotion is because you're a female and they need to fill a demographic. And can I tell you how much I just wanted to gut punch that guy? I mean, I worked just as hard as anybody else to get there. I would guess even more so. Probably. I put in more hours for sure. But it just, that was the thinking. And you can understand why they may have focused on that for women. There comes a time where, yes, we probably have seen where somebody gets a job and inherently we get that Oh, well, they, they only got it because of this. That's natural. And that feeds into insecurities well, on their part. Absolutely does. Now, insecurity plays a big part in imposter syndrome. It absolutely does. In fact, I'd say it's probably the number one thing. The interesting thing it. is it's insecurities inside ourselves and how we're coping Correct. with these insecurities. There's a lot out there that feed into this. I would dare say a lot of it is society. It, it, it can be. For sure. I agree. The accessibility. I, I actually downloaded Dr. Sandy Mann's book. is called Why Do I Feel Like an Imposter? <laughs> and this came out last year, 2019. Mm-hmm. Soon to be almost two years. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Here we are at the end. In hers, I mean, she took what a lot of mm-hmm. others have, have relayed out of this. 
and she laid out the five types of imposters. Yes. And you found... I found the same thing. They title them differently, but they're all the same thing. All the same. Yeah. When I looked at these types, a lot of this gets supercharged by uh-huh. our favorite scapegoat of the internet and mm-hmm. social media. Absolutely. Because we're seeing just that perfect... Image. Curated mm-hmm. image life. And when you look at somebody's social media accounts... Mm-hmm. I find three spectrums. You have somebody who just, uh, remember the days back when we posted, I'm eating. <laughs> I'm <laughs> having lunch. The, yeah, the, the prompt was, what are you doing right now? And it'd be like, and Angela, we were, we were Angela honest. is eating right now. <laughs> it was, it was funny so... to look back at those posts because <laughs> you always talked about yourself in the third person. You did. And I looked back at that going, what the heck were we all doing? But if you think about how the prompt has changed over the true, years, true. then you have what feels like narcissism, where it's mm-hmm. the perfect, Yep. And, and we've talked about that a whole lot. We absolutely have. And that's what typically drives a lot of this imposter syndrome. It does. The, um, I know more than anybody. I'm perfect. More successful. I, I'm more successful than you. My life is better than you. And it all plays into it. So the, the influencer yeah. age that we're oh, in. Oh, absolutely. And then you have the people who are just doom and gloom all the time. Oh, yeah. There's quite a few of those, too. The, the sky is just, just falling. Always and falling. I, admittedly, yes, life is tough. Things, mm-hmm. things happen. Of course it is. Now, when we get into these five imposter types, so how Sandy, man, and I've actually uncovered her research several times. If you, yeah. you you've heard me talk about the mm-hmm. book Bored and Brilliant yep. that talks about disconnecting from your devices and the benefits of doing so. Yep. Not just social media, but most mm-hmm. interactions of digital devices. Yeah. Sandy Mann actually is quoted by Manoush Zimmerodi a lot. Okay. And first one, the perfectionist. Yes. Why don't, why don't you tell us what the perfectionist is? Okay. And the reason I'm going to talk about this one is because this is where I think <laughs> I fall. Yes. And I actually think my husband's probably listening right now going, you absolutely do. You, you micromanage. You don't trust other people to do things. You have trouble delegating because you want it done right and you're afraid they're not going to do it right. So you don't do it. You don't delegate. You don't micromanage. And you have to be 100%, 100% of the time. I definitely fall into the perfectionist category and self-admitted, still not good at it. I found myself doing it the other day at work and it's just, I've got to stop you and I have had that conversation where mm-hmm. I, I do have this tendency a little bit myself. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. And I, I think a lot of us do. Yeah. And I'm betting people will see a little bit of themselves in each one of these that we talk about. This is the one that I think I identify the most, but I can see some other traits in the others that There's we're going to talk about. There's a ton of tests out there. Yeah. That you can go in and take and see what category you fall into or what categories. Maybe we could put a link up. I'll put a link up this week. I'll, I'll look for a couple. Uh, yeah. I know Sandy's got some that are yeah. references off That'd of her book and research. That'd be great. People probably like that. Now, the second one. <laughs> she's giggling and staring at me. <laughs> Self-admittedly, I yep. fall into this category. The superman, the superwoman, the superperson. Yep. Depending on whose research you're looking at. People who experience this type of imposter syndrome are the ones that push themselves hardest. Yes. To measure up, uh-huh. I'm going to, and, and I'll say it, it is me. This is me 100%. I cover up all my insecurities by just working myself to death. Yep. To my detriment, be it mental health, physical health, uh-huh. emotional health. Yep. Also relationships. I agree with Or another side of this. And if you're not sure if this is you or not, warning signs. Do you stay late 
or do you go early into the office? Yeah, and another one, do you find downtime stressful? Mm -hmm. Do you go beyond what's necessary to complete the task? Yeah, for sure. Do you leave hobbies by the wayside for work, Ian? No. (laughs) I'm not looking at Ian with those eyes that just... (laughs) No. Do you get stressed when you're not working? And and you talked about the downtime. Mm -hmm. The most common question I usually get is, when when do you do fun stuff? What do you do for fun? I don't. I can honestly say I don't. He doesn't because I'm going to be honest. I keep trying to draw him out to do just something fun. And he's like, no, I need to focus on this. And no, I need to. And I get so mad at him. But I do respect that he's got to do that for himself. Well, part of it is just because I, I honest (laughs) God, have overcommitted. You have. In a lot of areas. Now I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel come Friday. I'm so excited for it. So many things. Yay. One one project to finish tonight and then one <laughs> final and some quizzes to finish by Friday. Do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title despite uh, a degree uh, yep. or some achievement or recognition? Or, or just the skills and the knowledge and know-how. Do you feel you just still don't deserve what you've got? And do I feel like I need to continue to prove my worth? And see, that's the part of this that I identify with. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly still trying to prove my worth. I know I'm good at what I do. But I'm still, deep down, I do know. But I'm still constantly, oh, crap, I screwed that up. Oh, crap, I've got to fix that. Oh, yeah, I'm That right piece there. right there, I think a lot of people will identify with. I of, guarantee they will. And I think you, when you start examining the circle of people you run with, mm-hmm, you'll sure. see some of these tendencies to go in there. Workaholics. Yep. I have a former manager that this is him to a, like, I'm bad. Mm-hmm. Take me times 10. And that is him. <laughs> Natural genius. Yep. That one was, I actually have a son that falls into this category. Okay. My oldest. He uh, is used to excelling at everything with not much effort. And he was that way in school. They wanted him to skip grades. They wanted him to, and he just didn't want to because eh, school was pretty easy it was a cakewalk he didn't have to do much and he could pass all his tests and he could get good grades if he ever went to class but, and um he we always told him he was a smart that he was a, and and he falls into this category and i'm gonna let you touch on a few things too when you fall into this category this dovetails into because i last week i finished uh-huh. listening re-listening to carol dweck yeah well listening for the first time not reading <laughs> mindset but this is a characteristic that really promotes the fixed mindset. It, it absolutely does. Because why put in the effort? Yeah, and you know, you avoid new challenges because it might be uncomfortable to try it and life's just been pretty good and pretty easy for you, so why try? You know what? Why grow? Exactly. There's why? no point. Why move out of your comfort zone? Now, to be fair, my son has definitely moved past this. He identified it as something he was and he does try new challenges. He does try new things. He's he's there. But it's very easy to fall into the pitfall of that mm-hmm. with this. And this is one definitely that for some reason he popped in my head when I studied about that one. So Now the fourth one is kind of an interesting one. In your research, it's called the soloist. In mine, with Sandy Manns, she calls it the rugged individual. And I think they both fit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different name. Same trait. Which are? <laughs> <laughs> you firmly feel you must accomplish things on your own. Yes. You don't need anybody's help. You've got this. You can do this now. As I'm talking about this out loud, I think my husband's thinking right now, and this is you too. <laughs> and as I'm saying it out loud, I do identify with some of this. And, and that's where in, 
in the book that Sandy wrote, she really does talk about, you know, take the quiz, identify, because you more than likely will fall into mm-hmm. more than one category. You're going to have one category that really is you ultimately, but you will have tendencies and, that fall into other But I feel like the, the soloist or the rugged individual fits the perfectionist also, because you micromanage, you don't delegate, you don't let other people try things, because you're going to just do it. You're going to accomplish it on your own. You don't need their help, and you've got this. So I do feel like they kind of go together a little bit. I have this mental image of you, like Stuart <laughs> from Mad TV, putting your foot up against Chris saying, let me do it on my own. <laughs> he might laugh because that's probably accurate. <laughs> now, the last one, the expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the expert, they measure based on what and how much they know yep. and can do. Correct, yes. The capabilities, the competencies. They're, they're compensating because they never believe they will know enough. Yes, something as simple as they shy away from applying for a position mm-hmm. because they don't. They feel they meet all the requirements. Instead of saying, hey, I meet most of the requirements, I'm going to go ahead and try. They think, mm, nah, I'm not going to do it. I don't meet every single requirement. How many of us have ever looked at a job posting? Yeah. And we, we fit... 60, 70, maybe 80%, mm-hmm. but there is 20% that we don't fit. I'm guilty of that. What makes me laugh is when you read them, I'm like, wow, good luck on finding that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I will fill 50 or 60, and I have a pretty broad yes, you do. spectrum of experience. I had somebody reach out over LinkedIn, and they were looking for a technical trainer, mm-hmm. which that's my background. That's Correct. my jam. You are. Love technology. But when they started getting into what they were looking for, Mm-hmm. Experience-wise, I had I've just about got the degree, right? So I was close <laughs> on there. I had the technical training, yes, experience they wanted, but they wanted this language and this language, and you needed to be certified in agile, and you needed this, and you need that. And I was like, wow, <laughs> good luck. I'm sure somebody out there exists with that, but you have tailored that position where probably not going to find somebody. Yeah. Or, or if you do, you're going to have to pay them a lot of friggin' money <laughs> to get them on board. Now, with each of these, there's going to be things you need to engage in to get help with mm-hmm. to overcome them. And they're 100%. They're not debilitating. Now, can they be debilitating? Sure. Absolutely. I truly think you can work past these. Well, you hear Ian and I laughing at ourselves. We both acknowledge it. We both know it's a constant, ongoing work in, in progress, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. With okay. mine, I push myself hard because I didn't always do that in life. Yeah, and, 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 and that's I okay. kind of hit a point where I was like, "I've got to get it together. I've really got to go." Yeah, and that's okay. And so I'm I'm making up for lost time right now. Yeah, and that's okay. I'm getting to a point where it's like, oh, I can breathe for <laughs> a little bit. Maybe we'll see. Breathe and do breath <laughs> for a couple days. Yes, and and we'll we'll see what the next challenge brings. Mm, you got this. Oh, I hope. <laughs> in your research. Mm-hmm. coping mechanisms what did you find yeah coping mechanism facing those feelings yep. because when you first start to face them it can be a little uncomfortable and you can be like "Ooh, <laughs> you know i need to change this right now no no you don't there's many ways you can do it uh talk to a mentor a life coach a friend who you feel comfortable talking to this about this a life coach can be really 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 good at helping you through this because they can give you some things that you can do mentally such as writing things down. Remember what you do well when you're doing this. Like if you remember that, okay, you know what? Like you just said with that job, you know what? I may not meet all these qualifications, but I know I'm good at this. I know I'm good at this. And I know I'm good at this. And 
your mindset will change and you'll pivot a little bit and be like, you know, maybe I could try it. Could find some things. Did you find some other things? Depends on the type. Now, finding exactly. a mentor with like the soloist, uh-huh. probably not going to happen. No. Now, with that one, you're probably going to need to go more the therapist Correct. route. And, and, and these are not one size fit all. Oh, absolutely not. When I was digging through Sandy Mann's book, uh-huh. it really, it, it kind of went through case studies. Okay. She presented several different cases based on yeah. the type. I saw a little bit about that. And then she also delved into what was kind of feeding these. And and I talked about the internet, social media. Right. She really hit on, if we go back even 20 years, 20, mm-hmm. 25 years, mm-hmm. pre-social media. <laughs> yeah. Almost pre-internet at that point. Yeah. Where it wasn't That's in the close, house. For sure like it was, we only compared ourselves to our neighbors. Yeah, coworkers, neighbors. You had a very surface level understanding mm-hmm. of other people's worlds. You did. And just, to some extent, I kind of miss that. I really miss it. Mm-hmm. How many of us have gotten on social media, be it Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and said, oh, you know what? Um, my life kind of sucks. Yeah. I suck because... I don't measure up with this person. Yeah, it's like, oh, look what they did with their kids again today. Aren't they just the perfect little mom? I got up and got dressed today, and now I feel like a failure. I put on stretchy pants. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even do my hair today and feel like a failure. I went through and started kind of examining what I tend to post. So I know I post about my dogs mm-hmm. a lot, which mm-hmm. is pretty mundane. That, that's okay. Very mundane. My school stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is great. A lot of it is, hey, I did this, but also a lot of it's like, oh, God, Mm. (laughs) here we go. Food, Mm -hmm. a lot of food. When we go back and look at like what we just did with the gratitude challenge that we did. Yeah. Those were a lot simpler things. Oh, for sure. I, ice, coffee. I was grateful for ice, guys. Iced coffee. Oh, and with the ice I was grateful for. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) You had people... That, like, one of the days I put was clean air, clean water. And that's a great one. I remember someone being grateful for a decoration they had in their house because mm-hmm. it makes them feel good when they look at it. Great. I, that Stuff as simple like that made me so happy to see. Those are things that you'll feel a lot better about yourself, about your life, exactly. about others. Well, when, when you start focusing on other things other than this picture-perfect life that you're seeing that somebody really has curated through maybe a photo or a video or they're a paid advertiser of some sort. True. And honestly, I used to care way more about my image on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, If my hair didn't look perfect or my makeup wasn't on or, you know, I didn't, my weight didn't look great. I would curtail that. I just don't do that anymore. (laughs) I'm just me. (laughs) That's who I am. Well, you're better off for that. Absolutely. And by doing that, dig through... And look at variations of imposter syndrome. Now, I mentioned back in the 70s when they started doing this, they really focused on women initially. Mm -hmm. They started bringing in the research and going, oh, there's men that fall into this category Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. At first they thought, oh, well, surely they won't feel it. Oh, no, I assure you. Oh, they felt it. (laughs) We we all feel it no matter who we are. Mm -hmm. I know I personally have experienced it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people listening will say, yep, I've I've gone in there. Now, a lot of this stems from also maybe disapproving parents, disapproving yes. role models. Yes, 
Agreed. The the stern wagging of the finger of you're naughty. Well, and a lot of that I call it helicopter parenting to some extent. The, the over controlling. The over controlling parent that has to control every emotion their child experiences, every they how they handle every situation, how they do their homework, how they do their hair, how they dress, and to some extent. We've, uh, as parents, probably all fall, fallen into that at some point in our life because definitely I have been not even close to the perfect parent. But I have learned that you have to let kids find their identity and they have to find their own way to some extent. You're going to help them more by doing that than you are by overpowering them. Well, how many times did you hear, you know, you're, you're trying to make your kids, you're, or you're living vicariously through your kids, or oh, you're yeah, trying to sure. turn your kids mm-hmm. into your second chance at oh, life, yeah. Yeah. at the life you wanted for yourself. That's not what they are. They're their own person. One way that we see imposter syndrome kind of really rear its head, a couple of things. So we, we, we talked about with women in the workplace, uh, yes. very understandably. Oh, yeah. And, and being driven to push their careers, which you've experienced. Oh, I have, for sure. Now, I heard about this also in uh, my entrepreneurship classes. This summer, they, they talked about kind of pitfalls in, in some of my introduction classes. Oh, okay. Entrepreneurship, they very much see this where you'll run into entrepreneurs that feel like they haven't earned right what they've created yeah that actually makes a hundred percent sense to me because i had this weird silly idea and here it is <laughs> huh it, it's now there managers that yeah. are pushed up a ladder mm-hmm. for sure especially ones that maybe didn't apply for something i i think you and i both have been in positions where it's just mm-hmm. oh you're promoted oh congratulations i'm moving you to this oh wait what <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. And that's no. Yes, what... <laughs> you are. You're you're the perfect person for this. Exactly. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. When you look at what is being successful, yeah. What is what is going to quelch these feelings of insecurity? Nice use of words. Ooh, like that. I did. Is it truly success is going to fix this? Yeah. Maybe. Probably not. It's actually probably going to feed it and make it worse. I was going to say, I, to me, it would probably feed it and make it worse. It, it, the, <laughs> the monkey on your back is only going to get yeah, bigger. Exactly. At, at that point. Also with rejection. Oh, yeah. Rejection. I think depending on the type, mm-hmm. rejection, oh, suddenly you got a 900-pound gorilla, not just a monkey. You <laughs> exactly. got a gorilla hanging on your it's back. Like, hey, I have this great idea. And this great thing, and I threw it out there, and it didn't work. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, now I, I now I know I'm right. I wasn't ready. I couldn't do it. This wasn't a good idea. And that self-doubt starts to come into play. And when you have this doubt, how many of us have actually gone in and been our own worst enemy? <laughs> Me? Be it we create the circumstances in which... Do self-sabotage oh self-sabotage oh we could do a whole podcast on that probably should when you start looking at what you do to yourself Mm -hmm. with your success i know i have gone in and blown things up (laughs) look looking back i'm like yeah i i legit screwed up just so it took the pressure off I've, I've joked about it at work before where it's like, well, maybe if I screw up, I would. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sadly, sometimes it's like just so I could have a break. Yep. 
But Come on, we've all been there. That's not my, my nature, right? That's not right. my tendency. I joke about it, but it's just not who I am as right. a person. There are some that seem to get rewarded for that, uh, yeah. for incompetence. Or... And we've all seen that over our lifetimes, for sure. One area that I think is interesting about this area of study is that when you have people who are not in person, when they're remote, be it at work or or dealing through some sort of medium where they're not dealing face-to-face, mm-hmm. that's where you really see this take off. You, you actually right. see it far more when you don't get to have those actual interactions. I think it would be interesting to see how this is going right now. Mm-hmm after the last year oh, that we've had. Because that's been our whole year for most of us. Most people, just kind of thinking about my interactions with my boss. Mm-hmm. And and I've shared some of those where I'll kind of build this whole scenario in my head and I'm like, oh God, you know, I'm going to get yelled at. And he's just like, hey, need you to do this. And I'm like, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> Part of me wants to go, could have sent that in a damn email <laughs> and not had me climbing up the walls with anxiety. And it was just, oh, well, I just want to say hi and see how you're doing. <laughs> I've been there, yeah. That call from that call from the boss, and you're just like, oh crap, should I answer this? And then you answer, it and you're like, oh, I just wanted to run some things by you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. An interesting exercise that Sandy Man promoted to to deal with this is acknowledging facts. That's a great one for sure. She promotes writing it down. Yep, and I have. It's, that it's here, almost like it we. Down. It's almost like we've talked about this it's before. Almost like we say it all the time. She really kind of delved it into different columns, but the first one is: this is the situation. Mm-hmm. I think one of the examples she used was: I got an A on a test. Yeah. Or a quiz. Yeah, I saw something similar to that. Another one was like: I hey, I I became a manager or mm-hmm. something. And then another one was: Hey, I got great reviews on something I wrote or yeah. turned in kind of the school academia thing. And after you write the facts, then you talk about, well, okay, this is the event that occurred, the actual event. Mm -hmm. As my imposter type kicks in, what thoughts am I telling myself about this event? How do my insecurities play to this? Yeah. It was very interesting to hear. So like on the A, the example that she used for that one was, well, I was lucky, you know, they, they just gave me the right questions. Yeah. And I laughed because I've said that. I think I've said that. At work. People are <laughs> like, oh, you did. And it's like, yeah, I, I just, I lucked out. I got a great class. Yeah. And it, I, we, we had a group of people at work mm-hmm. that excelled when they came in to get training. And people were giving me pats on the back. Oh, this is the best class we've ever had. Good job. And I literally was like, well, I, I just lucked out and got a good group. Yeah. No, I I I didn't done take any credit for mm-hmm. their success. It was all them. Yeah, I've done that. When I was a manager for a major retailer, uh, ran the front end, I was number four in the whole company, which you need to understand this is a major Huge. national retailer. I was number four in the whole company for how fast customers got in and out of the store. I did not take any credit for that, but it was my programs that we were running. It was my system that we were running. It was my training, but I didn't take credit for it. I said, well, well, I've just got a great staff. Mm -hmm. And that's instantly where I went. It's one of those things where, and I never really thought of it from the standpoint of it's insecurities in ourselves as to why we wouldn't take that credit. To me, it's always been, well, I'm trying to be a gracious person. Yeah. And see, that's how I looked at it. It's like, well, I need to give them the proper credit. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, it would have been okay for me to take some of the credit. They kind of boiled down the last column they had was what skills, capabilities, or talents do you have that led to this fact actually, or this event actually occurring? And it was, well, 
I studied and I learned it. And so or for I me, have mastery of that. For me, area. it was I'm hyper organized and I don't like how other stores run and I want to make mine run better. And I took that and I ran with it. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's a great one. I was like, I think we all need, it's almost like this is foreshadowing of my, be asked of us later. Now with males. Okay. I'm not this, an expert in males. I'm sorry. No. With males, a lot of it initially started with females. Then uh-huh. they moved into the male area. Males, while they do suffer from imposter syndrome, they kind of take a little bit different spin. A lot of it is around being shamed. Okay. Shame plays a bigger part okay. than with females. Okay. I can see that. And I was like, huh, I kind of think, I, I, when I was reading the research behind it, men were more afraid of being almost like a, they didn't fit the stereotype of what a quote unquote male is. Yeah. See, so the first thing that popped into my head was people that live in my cul-de-sac, the male, the men that live in my cul-de-sac, yes. they all play softball. And if some of the men aren't good at softball, they feel like a failure. This has been coming up a lot and in my big boy job. Uh-huh. We're having some pretty frank conversations this year about equality uh-huh. and equanimity yeah. and inclusion and diversity and some, some pretty heavy hitting topics that are have not necessarily been a work topic before. Right. When you start bringing in those topics, boy, insecurity really uh-huh. flares up. Oh, I'm sure. Greatly. And when you think about what does it mean to be a man? Mm-hmm. Now, we're, we we have an international audience. We have people listening over in Europe. We have people listening in Australia mm-hmm. in various Asian countries. Yep. Angela and I are actually kind of excited <laughs> at actually this. It's actually been fun. When we talk about it, and, and this prevails in, in other cultures, not just the U.S., but we're, we're going to talk about this from a U.S. perspective right now. Yeah. As a male here in the United States, mm-hmm. what is expected for you to be a man? You have to like football. Okay. You have to like sports. Well, I, I was going to go with sports in general. Yeah, you have to be good at sports. Okay. You have to, you know, I'm going to go so far as to, this has changed a little bit, but in the past was you came home from work, you sat down on the couch, you didn't help with the kids, you didn't fix dinner, you were the man of the house. Well, you were you were the, the business. That's right. You provided the for the family. Winner. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what popped in my head. With the research on here, they, they list as the quote-unquote successful businessman. Okay. I would say worker because businessmen could be you go work in the mines. Right, If exactly. you're back east. It could be you are an ad exec. It could be right. you're a salesman. It could many forms. Yeah. Then you had the athlete, which yeah. was the, the second facet. And then the next one was the family man. Mm-hmm. Here in the U.S., you have to have a family. Oh, absolutely. If you don't have a family... Something's wrong. What's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you have family? Why don't you want kids? Why don't you? It's okay not to, but you're right. That's probably very stereotypical. And each of these is a component of quote unquote masculinity. Sure. Yeah. Of of what it is to be a man. Now, I would dare say that there are components of this could that could be in any culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When it gets into the athlete athlete thing mm-hmm. is it you have to have certain uh bodybuilding abilities you have to have a certain physique mm-hmm. you can play the sports or you're interested in sports you have natural athletic capabilities oh yeah you know hey i can go throw a ball or mm-hmm. i dunk a ball or yep. whatever that is yeah. i i can go lift 
X number of pounds. How, how many people do you know <laughs> that, that pride themselves on how much they can bench or whatever that metric is? I know a lot. The interesting thing is when you start peeling those things away, mm-hmm. the insecurities that come from, especially on that family man aspect, yeah. what's wrong with you? You're not interested in sports. Well, why not? Yeah, exactly. Where do you think this normally takes people when they're... Oh, for sure. What, what insecurity does this play on, on oh, absolutely. cis male gender identity? Mm, absolutely. Takes a terrible one. Because, I mean, but, you know, we could go over it with women, too. Mm-hmm. Women don't want to have a family. They don't want to get married. Oh, here in Utah, especially. I mean, it, it, if you're not married by 21, yeah. what's wrong with here you? Here in Utah, you come home from your mission, you get married, you have a family. Now, if that's what makes you happy, that's great. But if you don't... There's definitely that self-doubt. There's that imposter syndrome. You feel like a fraud. You feel like a failure. I mean, it's all there. I feel like it can play both ways for sure. I have a very, very good friend, very dear friend. We've known each other long, long time. My my mother had much hoped we would get married. <laughs> Didn't work out. Hmm. Whoops. She is fantastic. I mean, she was very driven. She was only a year older than me. She went to college. She got her bachelor's, went immediately into the master's program. Uh, is very successful speech pathologist. Oh, that's great. Speech therapist. She, she does fantastic work. She works her tail off. Mm-hmm. Always has as long as I've known her. In Utah, she's an anomaly <laughs> because she doesn't have kids, even at our age. She doesn't have kids. And, there's and that window's that. probably closing. I, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't because mm-hmm. her and her husband could have at any point. But she's a fantastic aunt. Oh. She loves to. But I, it's that part of where I, I thought at one point they were going to. But it just seemed to kind of be, well, there's still some things I want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But how many people would go? <laughs> so... When you look at people, what defines them, well, mm-hmm. that, that can go in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. But that's part of knowing yourself mm-hmm. a little bit. What defines you? I know what society says you should be, and I know what pressures are out there to be what society wants you to be, but you have to know what defines you. Yes. Who and, you are. And a key component of this is having good mental health, good emotional Absolutely. health. Mm-hmm. Your mindset. If you are falling into areas you shouldn't, then you need to engage professionals. And mm-hmm. that's that's where Ange, I mean, we'll we'll talk about ways that we've coped with things. Yeah. By no means if or are we saying you shouldn't engage with professionals. We're always advocates for if you really need that help. Yeah. Please go get it. You, you, it's not a failure there, because you want to no. talk to someone that can help. I I have gone through therapy a couple of Me times too. in my life and I'll tell you what. At the time, yeah, I was very much ashamed of it. Now? Nah. It's like I, I'll be honest, there's a couple things I'm like Probably should engage with somebody on this. Yeah. Zero to be ashamed of. That's no. just silly. I And I'm happy to start seeing that kind of change in it society has, these days sure. where people are embracing it is, is a thing to do that it's becoming more okay. Mm-hmm. Posture syndrome, it doesn't just happen at work. It happens in our personal lives. It happens in our circle of friends and our family. It happens all over oh, absolutely. the place. If you're feeling ashamed about something... Mm-hmm. It's worth digging in a little bit deeper oh, of course. and examining it and, and looking for those root causes. Yeah, and I think I read a statistic that over 70% of, of people suffer at some point in their life from imposter syndrome. Oh, 
I I gotta believe that's higher. I would I would dare say it's got to be higher. But that's the statistic I found about it. So you're not alone. Think about coping mechanisms for it. I mean, I've well, yeah. I you and I use humor a lot. <laughs> we use sarcastic deflect. humor. Well, that too. <laughs> I I use my overachievement. Mm-hmm. I use pushing myself. Yep. I use I have a lot of tools I use to try and deal with these areas in my life. Now I will tell you that is it always healthy? It's not. Nope. And I would dare say you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. So I want you to kind of just take a step back. Okay. And look at yourself. In fact, let's let's go ahead and just throw a challenge Into out, the right? Challenge, yep. Take a step back and we'll we'll post a link to quiz or two out okay. there yeah. where you can go in and see which of these types do you fall into. Okay. I like that. And I would encourage you to go in and read about them. Okay. The, the types you suffer from. I think you are going to, to me, I, me and you were kind of chuckling about it because we're like, oh, that's us. Well, we identified it right away oh, my in God. each other, too. We, we didn't even need to take a quiz. <laughs> we read like the first two characteristics and went, oh, that's well, us. That's me. When you are aware of things, that puts you in a better spot to go deal with it. It does. And you can dig in. And again, we're, we're really focusing on this identity piece right now. Yeah, because that is the key to overall happiness in life is your personal wellness and your personal introspect and your personal identity and all of it. We want you to be set up for the most success you possibly can. Yes. Be it in your family, your work life, your relationships, whatever whatever it is you're trying to be successful in, that's where we want you to go. And then after you've identified these, kind of start to put together a little bit of a game plan. How am I going to work with it? I love that whole, this is the event. Mm-hmm. This is what that little voice inside my head tells me that's yeah. really not right. And yep. this is actually what I did. Yeah. No, or I Or like the that. skill I have or whatever. I would encourage you to go down and, and look at instances, especially that you've had recently, where you've kind of been sabotaging yourself through yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. As we do this, know that we're going to be delving deeper into this image. This We are. December's going to be this. I, yep. I really think but it's a good time of year for it. It, it is because we're we're working towards a lot of us are trying to figure out what 2021 is going to look like. Yeah. What are we going to change? And I think the true change is going to come from understanding ourselves a little bit better. And absolutely is. So thank you so much for listening. If this helps you or anybody you know, please be sure to give it a like, mm-hmm. follow, share with anybody you think it might help. Yeah, please. And be sure you jump online and let us know. Is, is there a certain type that you identified with? Yeah. If so, how are you dealing with that? Or how have you dealt with it? Yeah, have, we'd love to hear have, it. Have you not? Is, <laughs> is this new to like, you? We would love oh, to know that too. <laughs> if you are looking for us, hey, Ian is how you can find me across all the social medias. Evil Twin. I'm Evil Twin Angela. Everywhere you go. And the New Day podcast, it's the one with the big green logo with the head icon. Yep. I know there's a couple New Day podcasts that have popped up over the years, but most of them are gone by the wayside. Yeah. They're... We're We're current. We are. We're new. We're fresh. <laughs> fresh perspectives. That's right. So thank you so much for joining us this week, and we will see you next week, everyone. See you next week.